0: All right. So hello and welcome to the Swing Smarter Monthly Newsletter or Swing Smarter Newsletter Monthly. I use both interchangeably. Today I have honored to have Mr. Jim Maccarelli. How many people? Thank you. Butcher your name? You didn't butcher it at all, Joey. Perfect. How many people, though? Uh, really, it's not that bad. People
1: don't spell it very well, but in terms of being <laughs> you know, say Macarelli, they're not bad.
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, uh, Jim has been a follower of mine for a while. We met over, well in person we met at ABCA in Dallas and Jim is a fellow instructor like myself. He's a thirsty for knowledge on hitting. So he's gone around the block and then some and gone even farther than that where he's a good, good guy, keeps an open mind, skeptical, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just happy to have you on, Jim.
1: Thanks, I'm happy to be here, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I think you and I connected it's got to be at least six years ago originally, yep. um, and I think some of your information was the first that I fell onto that kind of resonated with me and started to follow, and you helped me out, and my, my son did virtual lessons with you for a while and put us on a good path. So, um,
0: yeah, I think part of what you showed me sparked my interest for knowledge as well. Cool. Well, I'm honored to do that, honored to help you guys out. And I think the big message that probably resonated with you is the fact that we were able to take human movement principles that are validated by science and apply those to hitting a ball. And that was the thing back then, or at least when I got 2013, I think January is when I when Chaz and I had split ways and I started doing some interesting stuff and spinal engine and springy fascia. And it was, wow. So some of the things that we'd been learning that I've been taught really had no basis in anything. It was just more of opinion-based. It was so-and-so said this in the maybe a prominent baseball person, player, coach, and people just lockstep obeyed the order instead of questioning it and going into the science. Is that about, Right, the resonation. Yeah, that's
1: accurate. And and, and for me too, um, and I think the industry as a whole, once we started slowing down video mm-hmm. and really being able to see truly what was going on, you know, real versus feel, the eye test, etc., cetera, um, the combination of that and then human, human movement principles, because a large part of what I try to teach today is um, I don't do a lot of cues. What I try to do is help players get into positions that they can feel a change or it makes a change, um, something to that effect as opposed to, right, we can tell an eight-year-old till we're blue in the face to keep your hands up. They think they are, but they won't do it. So um, yeah, it's a combination of those things to try to get them to feel their body in space and time to somehow create, almost create proprioception for them.
0: Give me an example of a cue uh, that you wouldn't use. We, we, we talked a little bit last night, and you were talking about a cue that's oftentimes used. Uh, we look at these people as they don't know what they're doing, but if we know what we're doing, some of these cues uh, cues or, like you said, feeling-type things help. Can you go into an example? Yeah,
1: so, so I think it's individual, too. So, like when you and I were talking last night, I'm not a guy who, who, who teaches swing down or hands to the ball. Um, what I see too often from younger kids is when you put a ball on a tee and you tell them to take the hands to the ball, they do it literally. So now they're swinging down, they're chopping down. Um, and we know, right, data supports a slightly upward barrel path, um, you know, approach angles of five to 15 degrees to hit line drives, et cetera, et cetera. And there's always other things that need to be taken into context, what the kid's current exit velocities are, et cetera. And we can get into a million things, but um, I think that the thing that really has to be taken into consideration is how you communicate whatever it is you're trying to communicate. So the example I used with you last night when we were chatting a little bit is, when my son was 10, um, he was dumping the barrel terribly so the cue the verbal cue for him was slam your hands into the ground as quickly as you can and it changed his barrel path and it worked for him so people would say to me jim i thought you didn't teach swing down well i wasn't teaching my son to swing down i was simply trying to rewire his movement pattern by giving him some type of verbal cue and um i think what we need to be able to do again is is communicate. So what I say to all my my players and and the kids that I instruct, if I'm telling you something and you don't understand it, you have to let me know because it's my responsibility as the instructor and the teacher to be able to share the information with you in a way that you understand. It's not your responsibility to understand what I'm telling you, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, like you you hit the nail right on the head with that, that coaches oftentimes get stuck in a box and they teach it's this, this and this right. they step one, step two, step three. And when it doesn't work with, with this particular hitter, maybe it works with a couple, but a couple others, it doesn't really work with. They just say, well, it's the hitter's fault. Yeah. That kid's not coachable. Yeah. <laughs> <Cool>. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's not, he's not coachable. He doesn't listen.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, oh, you might want to ask yourself if you're explaining it correctly, right? Because that's what I say to, I say to a lot of the kids, um, you, you, you may know of certain terms that sound familiar to you, and I may be using different terms, and they may mean the same exact thing, right? Regardless of, to me, regardless of the terms that you use, again, it goes back to, are you getting your point across to the player, and do they understand what you're asking them to do? And again, that's why a lot of times I'll go back to movement patterns, um, doing drills that are patterning drills to get them to feel things. You know, maybe we use a heavy bat, uh, a short bat, um, whatever it'll take, a connection ball. I've wrapped rubber bands around people's elbows, for crying out loud. Um, you know, you've, you've done a ton of testing. And some people think these are hokey weird and you know it's over the top um but again my my goal is to provide that hitter a means to reach his or her goal you know my my ego needs to stay out of it and i need to be able to teach them what they want to learn and to help them achieve their goals.
0: Right, it's almost like an experiment with each hitter. You're experimenting, yeah. you're trying one thing, it doesn't work, you try another thing, and you just keep going. And like you said, you, you can't let your ego get in the way and say, well, you're just not coachable. And one of, the, one of the coolest things I like to do with my hitters, especially when they get it. So we do this experimenting stuff, we try this, we try that, and then when it clicks, I try and ask them what they're feeling. Or mm-hmm. what was it that helped them click? It might not be what I told them. Sometimes it is, but it might not be. For instance, uh, we like to do a uh, – I know I know, you're not as big into getting this arm longer. Uh, right. But we, we work on that with our hitters. And so one of the things was in the beginning, I was telling my hitters to actually use the front arm tricep to to get the elbow straighter, you know, slight yeah. straighter. And it was – I wasn't seeing a big – change the hitters, maybe 20% of the hitters would get it. Uh, but then I asked one of my hitters that has been with me for a while, took him, took him a little bit of time to get that, get that position correctly. Sure. And I asked him, I said, what are you feeling or what are you trying to do to get to that point? And he said, well, it's more of the top hand, so I'm using the top hand to pull the arm pull it. to that position. Sure. And I was like, ah, and so that's an easier one because it kills two birds with one stone, number one, with the hiding the hands in the scap yeah. row or this we call it the scap pinch right the pinch on the backside so they I call it I call
1: right? it a mini push up these days I tell their kids do a mini push up
0: yeah 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 exactly so there you go hold your yeah. push up exactly so it's another way of explaining it right. and i mean and the and the point is that you asking your hitters to actually tell you when it does click obviously you got to get it to click first but get them to ask you, and now I use that with most of my hitters now when we teach those two things, when we teach the front arm shape and we teach the scat pinch, mm-hmm. I and it, and it worked. I mean, it went from 20% compliance, not compliance, but more of them getting it to like 40 yeah. to 60% now, so like sure. pulled, if not tripled, what it was, so I like to do that. Do you do that with your hitters? You ask them. Yeah, yeah, and I think, and sometimes, right, we almost
1: Again, it goes to thinking thinking out of the box and mm-hmm. you, you may want you may start taking one direction and what I'll often do is think about what the complete opposite is. Mm-hmm. Right. So in, in golf, right, we're right-handed, everybody slices the ball and what do they do? Open up more and more and more and more and more. But <laughs> in reality, if you close your stance, that might help you. So I, I I again it goes back to something we said in the beginning is trying to have an open mind. Trying to think of different ways. I mean, believe me, there's days I'm sitting in, you know, I'm cooking in the kitchen and I got a frying pan, right? <laughs> and, and I'm using it like it's a flat bat or something. And I'm, yeah. you know Is my shoulder externally rotating? Am I pronating my soup? What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, again, just to try to come up with stuff that will work or that a player can feel, um, if we can't get them to feel these things, I think it's hard for them to make the changes. So, kids prefer different verbal cues, um, visual cues, uh, tactile cues, whatever it is you need to do. And I, I think that's the challenge as well, because what we run into sometimes is parents who want the quick fix, right? So, a large portion of what I'll do if, if I'm if I'm taking on a new a new um, player is I ask for a commitment from the parents for a particular length of time and also to make sure that when the kids go home, they're going to do their homework. If they're not doing their, doing their homework and they're not going to be committed to it, um, you might as well just go somewhere where somebody's going to sit, sit on a bucket, flip balls to you and find your barrel for you. Because I can do that all day long. I can flip right to where your barrel goes and make you hit the ball pretty good. That's,
0: that's not helping anybody. Right. Are there any things that you because that's a big question that I get from parents is or even coaches, coaches, parents, instructors. How do you get the kids to take their work that they've done with you and to actually work on it at home? Are there any strategies that you give them? Any, any tips, tricks?
1: Yeah, I mean, what, what I will do a lot of times is I'll actually um, do video of the drills and put them on YouTube for them. And then what I can do is I can see how many times they've been viewed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it'll give me an idea if they're actually doing things. And then what I always ask the parents to do is, well, you know, how many days this week do you think you're going to be able to work? They'll tell me two or three or four. Okay, when you're working, do me a favor. Just shoot me a quick two-minute video, Mm -hmm. 20-second video. Show me what's going on. Um, And in a roundabout way, I'm getting them to commit to doing something and trying to hold them accountable. And just I'm doing it in a simple way by getting them to send me a video. If they send me the video and they're watching the YouTube stuff, then I know they're doing the work. And I can also tell, you know, often tell when a kid comes back what his movement patterns currently look like compared to what they looked like the day before, and I the, the lesson before. And I, I think what really gets the kids motivated is when they start to see the results. Right? They they start to see the results. They're hitting the ball better, or they're moving more efficiently, and they feel more confident in the box. Um, once that starts to occur, then I think it's pretty easy to get the kids to continue to do their homework, because you know if, if their goal really truly is to get to become better hitters, we both know it takes a lot of work, and for some kids more work than others. Um, not giving them too much to do either right you and i both know we can we can look at an eight-year-old and we'll, we'll see we've talked about early armbar, racing back elbow, squishing the bug poor posture i don't want the kid to work on 15 things at once,
0: right? <laughs> yeah good point right?
1: is it going to be posture for what's it going to be first and you know with that said i think what you have to be able to look at is how is one change possibly going to affect everything else down further down the kinetic chain? If you want to get into that, right. Um, Just changing a kid's posture can change his swing Mm plane, Right. So you get a kid who comes, he's in a little bit of a slump. You take a look at him. He's standing straight up, um, which some people teach. Um, I'm a little bit more of a hip hinge guy, whatever. But, um, you know, I can just get you to hip hinge and bend over and take the same exact swing. Right. And now your path is
0: different. Yep. That might Amazing. literally just take that to get you through a weekend. Amazingly different.
1: Yes. Right. So, cause what I, what I do a lot of too is um, it goes back to the frying pan. I try to think of where the cues that we were taught when we were kids, like where, where did these cues come from? Whether it be take your hand to the ball, knob to the ball, hands above the ball. And I, and I, I try to figure out in my mind, what was the person actually trying to say, right? So we hear at every little league game, stay back, stay back, stay back. To me, I think stay back is a good thing, but you, what I say is you have to be able to move forward, mm-hmm. but stay back,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So where is your center mass? And oftentimes people think it's, you know, keep your hands back. Well, kids will keep their hands back, but then they lunge on their front foot. So again, it's gone back to being able to communicate these things in the, in the correct way that makes the most sense to the player, which is going to get you a result.
0: Yeah, I agree totally. And <clears throat> there's um, Dr. Victor Frankel wrote the book Man's Search for Meeting. I don't know if you read that one. That was the yeah. – he had survived four Nazi death camps, and he was a psychologist before that and then even after that. And he had written – I can't remember what he called the actual type of psychology. So he has mm-hmm. – you know. Bruce Lee was Jeet Kune Do, he created his own martial arts. Well, Dr. Viktor Frankl did a similar thing, of an out, outreach or outskirt of psychology. And one of the terms he used was and he wrote all this on like little napkins and he stored them and kept them through the whole thing and so he had a a written record of all these ideas that came to him during that that horrible time. And one of the things he talked about was paradoxical intention. It's a big word, okay. but all it means is doing the opposite of the problem that you're having. So in his, in his term, psychology, if somebody came to him, a client came to him, a patient said, I just can't sleep. I have insomnia, horrible insomnia. I just can't get to sleep. And, he's, and he'd ask him, well, what's your, what's your mental, what do you tell yourself? What's your inner dialogue when you can't sleep? And they say, well, I, I, I tell myself i got to get to sleep. i got to get to sleep. And he says, try doing the opposite. You mentioned this, doing the opposite sometimes, right? right. And so they would say, so what's the opposite of saying, I need to get to sleep? Say, uh, I want to stay up. I want right. to stay up. I want to stay up. And when they would do that, odds are they'd go to sleep. Uh, same with sweating. If somebody was sweated a lot, tons, buckets, if they were in a crowd or if they were in a social gathering or whatever. And so the doc would ask them, well, what's your inner dialogue? And they'd say, don't sweat, don't sweat, don't sweat. And it would cause them to sweat more because, sure. of the, you know, and so he'd do the opposite. Okay, I'm going to sweat bucket, sweat buckets. It's almost like you're going into the fire. But what it does is it releases the tension in, in the brain, anxiety, and you actually sweat less. Yes. So with hitting, how we apply this to hitters, and you can apply it, this is a great principle, psycho, a psychological principle you can apply across the board, whether it's mechanics, whether it's mindset, but paradoxical intention. So as, as an example, hitting line drives, you mentioned the 10 to 15 degree as the line, line drive, launch angle, right? Uh, like the 20% of the major leaguers hitting line drives in that 15 to uh, 10 to 15 degree range so if they hit it a pot fly we tell them to do the opposite hit a chopper if they hit a chopper tell them to hit a pot fly and so right. what we're trying to do is we're trying to get their aim or their crosshair we talk yeah. about the horizontals too right across the field line to line but right. the- We call them, we don't call them launch angles because a lot of coaches hate that word. Everybody's head uh, will explode. (laughs) explode. So we call them verticals. So if our hitters use that term, they're verticals. It's not launch angles. So they're trying to figure out like they're getting to this point where they can actually get it to now they're in this zone here instead of going from up, down, up, down, up, down. The the more they get better at it. Is that about paradoxical intention? So you can use it, like you said, stay back. Stay back's a great cue if you've got a hitter that's lunging forward. Right? right. It's the exact opposite. And if they're le- and if they're sitting back too much, which I don't see too often, but if they're sitting no. back way too much, then you can tell them to lunch. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. And again, it goes back to each player being an individual and trying to figure out what's going to work best for them instead of just having them come in and you kind of have your process that you're going to go through and only stick to that process. Now, There's parts of the process that I do with everybody in terms of, you know, I look at everybody's grip. I look at everybody's posture. Um, I try to do some type of movement assessment to see, you know, you got an eight year old who has, uh, no core strength and their hip flexors are tight or something. And you're trying to get them to make a move and they can't. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's funny because with all my, with all my kids on my teams, um, I uh, I'll have kids doing fielding drills, and then I'll stop and I'll say, I'll have them line up, and I'll go, you, you, and you, you can't touch your toes, can you? And they're like, I don't even know. (laughs) And I'm like, I know you can't because when you go to field the ground ball, your back is rounded; you can't keep your chest up, and they can't, they can't, literally cannot touch their toes. So again, how am I supposed to have them get into an efficient fielding position Mm -hmm. if they can't get their body? into that position. right. So part of what I'm getting at, right, is as instructors, we have to be careful with what we're asking an eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 15 year old mm-hmm. player to do. But also I think what we need to be careful of is not, um, not assuming they're not athletic enough as well, or not giving them the opportunity to start growing when they're earlier. So I'll say to a kid, listen, I, I, I was hoping you could be able to do this now, but if your goal is to play, you know, high school baseball, we really need to just be able to do it over the next two or three years, right? So we can grow and get stronger. But it doesn't mean we can't start trying to work on a particular move or swing change early, if that
0: makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Movement is is huge, and you know yeah. that's that's everything that we that we do as well. Uh, let me switch gears a little bit. Talk about your new venture, and it's Bombastic, right? Is it Bombastic? Uh, just Bombstick. Bombstick, got it. Yeah, B-O-M-B-S-T-I-C. I, I was going to say, is that a little reggae hint there? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because um, I, w- I was going to have Richardson make some hats for me. Okay. And I sent them. to the little design and stuff, and on the back of the hat it was going to say Bombstick. And the first two times they sent back to me, it said bombastic. So,
0: yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting, but, um,
1: yeah, actually hang so, on.
0: So bring it, yeah, bring so, it over and, and tell it, tell a little bit about it. What yeah. You- so this is it and that's, that's backwards you guys, right? But yeah,
1: essentially it's a, it's a training bat similar to what, um, Victus and Cam would currently produce in some others. Um, I have a two hand trainer and a one hand trainer and, um, What I'm I'm going to do with it essentially is put together a 30-day program that's going to help kids with um, mechanics, strength, and barrel speed. Um, And then within the program, there'll also be a video library of drills that they'll be able to utilize. And within all that, what I'm going to offer that I don't know of other um, bat trainer organization's doing is I, I'm gonna have a video analysis within there as well. So um, taking the analysis, giving it to the, to the player and then having a series of drills within the library that'll allow them to, to, to work and make the improvements at home and continue to send a video back through, similar to stuff that you've done in the past or still do actually, um, is, is basically how the program will work at this point in time, it's very green, where I don't even have a website yet. So, you know, I almost put the cart before the horse and had the product made. And um, the response to it has been great. It's going to be at a, um, at a very competitive price point. I mean, I'm going to offer the two bats, the 30-day program, the video analysis, and the hitting library for $125. Um, it's hard to find, in my opinion, that much value in something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about it, but I appreciate
0: you asking. Mm-hmm. And I know that's going to be limited time just for, I think we talked last night, getting people to come in and, and give their testimonials about it because you're yeah. really the mechanical side you got. And I think, I think it's coming around now, a lot of guys like you and like Taylor Gardner, and the Gardner brothers of Backspin sure. T where we're starting to get these hitting aids where the people who invented them actually know what they're doing. And right and I want to say not know what they're doing, but more of they're more of a science-based system, right? I want to say, I know what I'm doing, or you know what you're doing just because you're Jim and I'm Joey. It's because we stand on the shoulders of giants, whether it's physics, biomechanics, uh, engineering principles, that kind of thing. It's more of adherence to those rules, and we're just applying them to hitters. So yeah, limited time, getting uh, more testimonials, let the people know what it is. What's the main benefit? Why does the bat, because some people maybe that aren't familiar with Camwood or the mm-hmm. ones, um, why the design and how does that benefit the hitter?
1: Sure. The design is pretty simple because what it does is, you know, if you take a heavy bat, for instance, and it's end loaded, right? A lot of times um, we'll call them younger or weaker players have difficulty swinging an end loaded bat. It'll literally swing them. Mm -hmm. With the weight being more towards the hands, then you swing this bat properly, it's almost weightless. So there's almost like a counter lever on the bottom. So a lot of people used to wonder why Bonds' knob was so big, Mm -hmm. right? Did Did it actually help him turn the barrel? It's possible. So it takes the weight away from the top of the bat, puts it above the hands, helps strengthen the wrists, help strengthen the forearms as well. And again, if it's swung correctly, um, it almost feels weightless, but it's still doing the job of um, increasing bat speeds, helping kids get stronger. Um, but what, what I what I really wanna make sure of is, um, we, we've all seen it, right? We've seen bad mechanics that can hit the ball really well. And we talked about this, if you're on plane and you're on time, you can hit the ball. So. We've seen kids with severe racing back elbow, um, crazy early arm bar that are so hypermobile that they're in a position that they should never be able to hit the ball. But their timing is perfect, mm-hmm. right? So they'll whip through the zone and they'll smack the heck out of the ball. What I want to do is, is get kids to improve some of the mechanics first and then work more on and worry about your bat speed and your strength and so on and so forth. I don't want bad swings that can just swing faster.
0: Yeah. Right,
1: I want a good swing, that can swing faster.
0: Yeah. You don't want 150,000-mile uh, tires on a, a Ferrari, and, hey, the Ferrari can go fast, but, man, there's, right. it's limited by <laughs> – what's the weight differentials with that? So what's the plus on – Yeah,
1: the so the plus on the youth sizes, and youth sizes generally go from, like, a 26-inch two-hand bat to a 31, and they're plus six. Okay. The adult size bats, 31 through 34, are going to be a plus 12. Mm-hmm. softball size bats for girls are a plus 6. Mm-hmm. And then the 31-inch bat is interesting because I do a plus 6 or a plus 12. And the reason for that is in our area, in New York, when uh, when you leave Little League at 12 years old and you go to Babe Ruth or you go to 7th grade, you have to be able to swing a BB core bat. We go straight to drop threes. We don't go to drop fives. Okay. So those kids who have to go to the drop three are probably going to benefit a little bit more from the, from the plus 12. And then those kids who don't have to take that big leap can utilize the plus six. And then the one hand trainer is for, 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 for kids for the youth is um, a plus three, it's 20 inches long plus three. And then the adult is right around a plus five. And there's always, there's a little bit of variability you know in terms of production when you're when you're turning wood there can be a little bit of variability
0: right very cool well uh, I, I want to be respectful of your time i know this is sunday we are doing a little i usually don't do this stuff on sunday either but um, i thought after our conversation it would be good to while the, while, I really the
1: appreciate
0: while the iron's hot so let's I know you don't have the website up yet. I know we're yeah. working on that, but what can people do, and, and maybe when people see this, we'll have the website there, and what I'll do is I'll take the transcription and we'll edit that in. So once the website's there, we'll put that in. So as of now, since we don't have the website, how can people, if they're they wanted to get more information, should yeah. they email you? where Where can they find you on the socials? Should they email yeah, so on?
1: Probably on Facebook would be one of the easiest places right now. Just look me up, Jim Maccarelli. Uh, my profile picture is me and my wife and my two kids. You'll be able to figure it out pretty quick and, and easy. York, right? but New yeah, mm-hmm. in New York, right? Yeah, in New York. You can friend me or just send me a DM through that way. Um, I'm on Twitter at, at Jim Maccarelli, but I think Facebook is a little bit easier right now. Mm-hmm. If anyone wanted to email me currently, um, Mac, M-A-C, 3150 at gmail is my uh, current email but um
0: are you going to do yeah i
1: mean facebook's pretty easy right now
0: are you going to do a facebook page for for this yeah. and
1: what so i'm going to make a i'm going to make a bomb stick and again it's b-o-m-b-s-t-i-c i'm going to make a bomb book facebook page i should have that up really in a couple of days cool. so people can look for that as well and then um the people who buy the product what we'll end up doing is a private facebook page as well Yep. Um, you know, they can go in and, and get some more information in there. But, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. My whole goal is it's real simple. It's to um, help kids get better, help players get better, um, eliminate some of the, uh, uh, the confusion, the, um, the, the trying times as a parent, right? We have a lot of parents who are trying to do things at home. You give them a bat sensor and it gives you all this data and you have no idea what to do. With it. It's not helpful. <laughs> Right. Um, so, trying to alleviate some of that stress for people, and uh, the players have fun and start hitting bombs.
0: Very cool. And before I let you go, what what was it you sent out? I can't remember how you reached out to some people, but you got quite a bit on the bat. You got quite a bit of people wanting to take you up on the offer. What 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 were those numbers? You had one that was like a group of ninety six or something. They wanted yeah, a group
1: a, a group a, a travel a travel organization that has um, that has ninety seven players. Um, they have a strong interest right now. I had another guy reach out to me last night and I think they have about 45 within their organization. So I, I literally started out, I, I produced 15 sets and I had them finished last Thursday. They were gone by Friday. <laughs> they were, and all I literally did is I put one video on, um, one of the Facebook, it was like tra- travel baseball that's something and in information. I don't even remember which one it was A part of so many of them. I just put it on there, a picture, showed what it was. And it, you know, I woke up in the morning, my phone was exploding for crying out loud. <laughs> but the challenge with that too, right, is people, well, where's the website? Where is this? Who mm-hmm. are you? So putting the cart before the horse a little bit, but that's okay because it, it'll generate some interest. Um, I think competition is good. There are, you know, other competing bats out there, and they're great products. The Victus product is a great product. The Camwood product is a great product. Um, I think the value is going to be more in the video analysis and the tailor-made approach that I'm going to have as opposed to, you know, just one cookie-cutter approach for everybody who buys a product
0: exactly it's yeah, people will be getting a hitting aid from somebody who adheres to the science and the real yeah. science not the pseudoscience and i think no. that's big so i hope hope uh anybody out there will go check you out and that'll help too just having the facebook page so it'll give you yeah. a, buy a little bit more time and putting the website together where people can go and get it and you'll just have to take orders by hand for now that's which is, okay. Fine, which that's is fine. okay you get to talk to customers which is good you get to get yeah. what they're what they're struggling with right now. So you'll get to get a lot of information. So, um, so good, good work, man. And uh, Thank you. I I'm, appreciate I'm glad your we, help. I'm glad we connected. And uh, I think we got most of the contact info for people. So uh, other than that, man, hey, enjoy your Sunday. Have a happy Thanksgiving at the time we're doing this video. And, and we'll have to do maybe a part two and see uh, how you're doing. You have to give us an update. I'd love to. Thanks, Joey. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Thanks, Jim. We'll see you, bud. Take care. We'll
1: see you. Right. Bye.